Let's go. Welcome to the Loans on Demand podcast, the show where we flip the real estate status quo on its head and put loan officers into the driver's seat. We, we, we give you all the tools, strategies, resources, and mindset needed to modernize your mortgage business and thrive. And my name is Luke Shankula, aka Longform Luke, and this is the Loans on Demand podcast. I hope you're ready for the Loans on Demand podcast. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we help loan officers flip the status quo on real estate agents and put loan officers in the driver's seat. And today, I'm so excited to have Phil Treadwell. He is the host of Mortgage Marketing Expert and a market leader with Thrive Mortgage. And man, I'm so excited to have him here. He's you know been doing podcasting for what, four, four plus years. And, and so just wanted to have him on here and see what, uh, what he had to say. So Phil, thank you so much for being here. What's going on, man? Luke, I appreciate you having me, my man. This is a lot of fun. Love what you're doing. I uh, love the love the theme of the podcast because I think that's uh, been a topic in our industry uh, of you know lenders not liking to be a slave to realtors and, and flipping the script. So uh, happy to be here. Appreciate the invite. Awesome, man. Awesome. So so tell me a little bit about before we get into some of the the nitty gritty and some of the things that you've done. Uh, I would love to hear parts of your journey. What what did that look like, and how did you get to where you are today? Uh, you know, successfully, right? Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate that. You know, I, I tell people um, I'm the product of a, a builder and a teacher. So I have this uh, entrepreneurship uh, meets academia and, uh, you know, uh, did several jobs out of high school into college uh, and ended up getting in the mortgage business. I was going to take over my dad's company as a, as a builder. And he said, you need to think long and hard before you want to do this for, for 30 years. And I want, to, I want you to see what else is out there. And I answered a newspaper ad. They were looking for someone with sales and management experience. Now that dates me a little bit. I'm, I don't turn 40 until next <laughs> month, but I've been doing this quite a while. Answer a newspaper ad. It was a mortgage company. It was a little uh, correspondent lender, did a lot of government manual underwrite stuff instead of uh, you know the subprime that was kind of the heyday at the time in, in 2003, 2004. And uh, did that uh, for several years. A few years later, opened up my own branch. Uh, and then, you know, just as a branch manager, eventually did kind of a net branch, you know, franchise type deal for a broker uh, that transitioned me opening up my own broker shop in uh, uh, about 2006, um, which in retrospect was not the best time to be opening up a mortgage company with what was going on. Um, in 2008, I ran for cover and uh, Wells Fargo, they were kind of doing recruiting by acquisition. And uh, they essentially you know, wrote me a big enough check to close my company down and come to work for them. And uh, was was a top producer for them in about a six state region. Uh, did about fifty million dollars at the time, which uh, it you know two hundred thousand uh, dollar average loan amounts. It was it was a ton of units. Um, yeah. Went on, uh, left there and, and went on to some sort of mid-sized mortgage bankers, which is really kind of where my, my career has, has mainly been. I uh, was an area manager, regional manager, uh, came to Thrive over a year ago uh, as a national director uh, of sales innovation and strategy and uh, loved what we were doing so much. Still had a passion for sales. Um, I'd gotten a little further away from the street level uh, sales production that, that I wanted to and, and decided to make a move uh, back into building a team, building a branch, building my own production. And, uh, you know, it's been a few months ago and, and haven't looked back, haven't having more fun I've had in the industry in a long time. Man, I love to, love to hear that. Uh, but, but before we kind of get into where you are today, talk about those early years. I, I know there's probably some new loan officers that are probably listening to this. And, and I think right now is probably one of the, I mean, we're probably coming into a pretty tough market here pretty soon if Absolutely. we're not there already, right? So we've had two of the best years, right? So we have a lot of new people in here that had really great 
probably the great last two years. Talk a little bit about like what it, what it looked like when you first started, were you a top producer right out the gate, you know, where you broke, what did that all kind of look like? Right. Just to kind of give people context of what it takes to kind of grow to where you are today. Sure. Sure. That's, that's a great question too. Cause we are, we are going into a different market environment than most people in the industry have experienced before. Um, and there's been a few cycles in, in, in my, you know, tenure of, of 17, 18 years, and when I first started, uh, I did four days of classroom style training with my first manager and, and mentor at the time. And he essentially uh, handed me a 1003, which at the time was four legal size pages. And he said, I want you to read it. And uh, I thought he wants me to look at it for a few minutes, but you know, I'm really going to study this thing. I'm going to sit here for 10, 15 minutes. I'm really going to read it and study it. And uh, about 15 minutes, later, I said, Hey, I'm done. And he goes, no, 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 read it. And I realized, okay, this is like a longer term thing. And he said, everything you need to know about originating a mortgage is on the 1003, is on the the application. And, uh, you know, even just right there, because of the world we're in now, I think we've got, and I know we do, because there's there's people that that are younger in the business that I've talked to here recently, that have never actually seen a blank printed out 1003, let alone read all, all the details. So sure. I did four days of classroom style training. He taught me about, you know, conventional FHA, VA, USDA. And then um, we had some, what we called non-conforming stuff and not jumbo non-conforming. It was like subprime. And we sent that to another department. We mainly focused on agency type products. And on day five, um, I walked in, uh, we, I followed him around to talk to his realtor referral partners for the day. Monday, I came back in thinking, okay, we're going to do another week of training. And he was standing at the copier and he was just kind of staring at me and he was taking a uh, black and white flyers and putting on the copy. And uh, uh, you may not remember these, but back in the day when we had files, we had these big black binder clips that you put on the top of a file. He'd take like 150 flyers, he put a black binder clip on it, he put it in the Xerox box and did it again. I sat there and watched him for like 20 minutes. He takes this, this box full of different black and white flyers on this Monday morning and hands it to me and says, go talk to realtors, get them to send you business. And so I went back to my, my town at the time. There was only three or four offices there. I, uh, again, this will date me. I map quested the, the shortest distance between the offices. I made my rounds before lunch. I went back to my apartment at the time, had lunch, and then did the whole thing in the afternoon. And I literally walked through the offices and laid down flyers and talked to anybody that would potentially talk to me. And, you know, all realtor offices have those gatekeepers in the front and they say, you know, uh, that's tough to get past. Well, they all took pity on me. You know, here I am, a you know, 20, 22, 23 year old kid that's, uh, you know, got a tie on and had a goatee a little bit too long because I carried it forward from the 90s a little bit. But um, (laughs) I remember one of them asking me after about two weeks, she's like, don't you think that if you keep coming every morning and afternoon uh, that they're not going to want to work with you because they don't think you're doing any business? I looked her straight in the eye and I said, uh, if a realtor's sitting here every morning and afternoon, they're not doing any business either. And I walked by and just kept uh, handing out my flyers. So um, my first year, I did about 56 units in my first 12 months. Two of them were over $100,000, if that gives you any context. And uh, I I would say 40 of those 56 were FHA manual underwrite with down payment assistance, because what what our pitch at the time was, was uh, people were doing these 80, 20, 100% subprime loans at like eight and a half on a first and 11 on a second. I'd swoop Jeez. in with an FHA with down payment assistance for like seven and a quarter, seven and a half. And uh, 
man, that was, that was the early days. It was all, it was all block and tackle hand to hand combat, you know, real to referrals. And I'll show you my, my boss kind of set me up about a year and a half in, I was pretty experienced making some money and a buddy called me and said, Hey man, rates went from like seven to like six and a half. He's like, do you think you can refi my house? And I'm like, you know, I don't know. And again, I've been doing this a year and a half. So I call my boss. I say, Hey, my buddy called, can I do a refinance? And he's laughing at me on the other end of the phone. I'm like, listen, dude, you said, go talk to realtors and tell them to send you business. So I didn't do a refi for probably a hundred loans a year and a half. Um, Cause I didn't know that I could, I just went out and did what my coach told me to. And, and there was kind of a lesson there for folks too. We need to stop focusing on the loan hanging fruit and work on building a long-term business. Man, I love that. That that last piece right there, man, long-term business. And, and I think that's one of the things we just saw over the last couple of years is realtors getting neglected. Uh, and for kind of good reason, because you know, you, you're only going to get this type of a payday probably once in your life, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's just crazy that the amount of loans that were done over the last couple of years. But that being said, we're now coming into a tougher time. And now all these loan officers are like, man. I'm, I'm, I don't have business or, or it's, or it's slowing down or, you know, now it's winter and I, I, maybe over the last couple of years, it hasn't slowed down as much, but most years, you know, winter in most areas slows down uh, real estate and mortgage and stuff like that. Right. So it's been a, it's been a crazy couple of years. So, so it's interesting though, that the people that focused on purchase, it's still the long game, right? There's the balance there, but um, I love that, man. So, so tell me a little bit about kind of what, so so the journey was not easy. Right. I mean, it, so real quick, you said you did two loans that were over a hundred thousand. That means everything else is under a hundred thousand. Is that what you were Correct. alluding to? I assume. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, they were all under a hundred thousand. You have to understand the market. I was, I was in, in Southwest Missouri at the time. Um, sure. You know, houses were selling between a hundred and 130, 150, maybe, you know, 200,000 bucks would buy a really nice house, you know, in, in Southwest Missouri and Northwest Arkansas at the time and both, you know, very nice areas. Um, but I was, I was competing with the, you know, $80,000 loan amount market. And um, I remember when I did a $130,000 loan, I was like, I've made it to the big time, you know? So again, it, it, it's might context. Well jumbo. What's that? I said, might as well be a jumbo loan, right? At that point, I, Exactly. I, I thought it was, right? The, I, it, <laughs> it was difficult. I'd been staring at, you know, five figures all this time. All of a sudden it jumped to six figures and I was like, whoa. But, you know, I, I think the the interesting thing is, so many of the people that I was competing with in that market in the time at the time, they're no longer in business anymore, mainly right. because a lot of them chased products that you you don't build a long-term business off of. But I had a mentor that taught me about doing a complete 1003, understanding what that meant, understanding my loan products, providing great service. They they sound almost cliche anymore because of all the opportunities we have. But I see every single day in people that I talk to or contemporaries that are talking about, you know, people on their teams or in their companies, we have folks that have never read a 1003 that can tell you how to create a lead funnel and they high five themselves that they created 300 leads whenever the only reason to create leads is to start conversations to close loans. And we have people that are celebrating, this is going to sound terrible, this is going to be an unpopular opinion. We have people looking at vanity metrics. And I think it's we're celebrating mediocrity because no one cares how many leads you created. No one cares how many followers you have. If you have 50 people that comment on everything you do or like everything you do or consume everything, even if they don't engage, you have 50 people that each know 50 people that each know 50 people. It's basic circle marketing. And instead of taking all these tools and using them to apply 
to the fundamentals of what's going to make you successful in this business or to create efficiencies in those. Uh, if you would do that, you would have the biggest business you could ever imagine. But instead, people are chasing what looks cool or what they think is cool as opposed to understanding why they're doing what they're doing for a purpose. You know, back right. in the day when I went to a networking meeting, if there was 20 people there, that was the max amount of people that got to potentially hear my message. And that was if I got through the, hey, who are you? What are you doing here? Handshakes. And we're right. talking about with social media, you can put something on there and hundreds, if not thousands of people are going to be exposed to it. And you're sitting at your, your, your desk or your couch or whatever, waiting for your phone to ring as opposed to engaging with those people and taking those relationships offline, which is the whole purpose of all this stuff. I just, I don't feel sorry for loan officers in this business. And, and I know this is coming across as kind of uh, kind of hard on folks, but I, I'm a young guy that embraces all the new, but I'm still very old school in a sense of yep. go do the work, right? Don't sit here and complain about how hard it is. I understand there's more documents, but guys, I was taking Apple. I didn't have an office for a year. I was taking applications on the on the back of a Jeep Grand Cherokee with the hatch up, and it was one that kind of smoked. So I had to wait for it to stop smoking for a minute. And everything <laughs> was done by hand with paper. And I'm not trying to compare. I'm saying we wanted it bad. And you have all the resources in the world. If you're not having success and you are working hard, then you need to get a coach, a mentor, or a boss to help you figure out what part of the process is broken. But I think that's a minority of the people. I think 80% of the people just aren't willing to do the work. I, I agree. I, I think they're not willing to do the work and they're not willing to be patient enough to see the results of the work, right? So well they'll said, yes. throw up a couple of leads. They'll, throw up, they'll, they'll get leads. You said 300 leads, right? But then they don't call them or they'll do it for a month. And then, oh, I tried calling them once and it didn't work. Or they try the video marketing thing and they do that for a month. Or they start posting on, on social media and they do that for a month or two. Oh, that didn't work. That didn't work. That didn't work. That didn't work. But I mean- Everything works. Every single platform works. I mean, there's people probably still getting loans off of Craigslist. I don't know. I, I, maybe not. But uh, I, I well, presume every single platform ha has a potential to, to it bring, you, bring you business if you do it the right way. I mean, it, could be, it could be process. Nextdoor or Pinterest or Twitter. It doesn't matter. There's always a strategy. But to your point, no one's willing to do the work or wait long enough. I talk a lot. The key to success is consistent and persistent effort over time. Now, the overtime may be six weeks for some people and six years for others, right? It's, it's relative. But I mean, when I look back, I didn't get a true lead for two or three weeks. And you're talking eight-hour days, nine-hour days, 10-hour days. I was walking around real estate offices, talking to people or trying to talk to people and finally started getting some leads. But it was over two months, morning and afternoon, every single day, walking into real estate, because I didn't know what else to do. That's what we were told to do, right? Even then it wasn't Craigslist. There was no Facebook, y'all. This is pre-Facebook kind of kind of era. This is no social media. I would you know, call appraisers and, and I did everything that I could do. But I, I asked the loan officers today, do you want it bad enough that if the only thing you could do is walk around morning and afternoon, handing out black and white flyers, and you did not close a loan and make money for two months, would you still do it? That's what I did. And I'm not trying to brag on myself. I'm trying to you ask for context. That's the context we're talking about. People post a few times and say social media doesn't work. I can show people right now how to make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year on social media and never post. How? Go engage with other people. 
Right. If you post something on social media, no matter how many followers you have, only a certain number percentage of people are going to see that post. But if you'll go to the audience that you're looking for and comment on their posts and chat yep. with them on their stories and engage in their content, they will always for sure, almost always for sure, see you and engage with you. And if you do that in a non-spammy way and have meaningful comments and engage with them, what is that? being social on social media as opposed to being the media advertising agent, you know, shocker, go engage with people. And then after you develop some type of rapport, take it to DMs, DM a few times. Hey, you want to jump on a zoom? You want to grab a cup of coffee? There's ways to create relationships with people through social media, but this X, whatever it is, doesn't work. Anytime someone says something doesn't work, I'm like, you just, you didn't do it long enough or you didn't work hard enough. That's the only two, only two things. Well, and social media is basically networking on steroids, right? It's like I, I grew my business. I grew my business organically for pretty much the first two or three years. Um, and, and interesting that you bring up this point of you have to engage with people because it, that's probably one of the key things that you have to think about, right? Like there's there's two things that we're playing with there. One, law of reciprocity. I guess reciprocity. I mm-hmm. Law of reciprocity, right? So you go and engage on someone else, they're going to be like. Oh, who is this person? Well, one, it's going to induce curiosity, things like that, right? Um, but they're like, oh, well, this person was nice enough to, to put a comment. And not like cool thing, whatever, right? Like you see a post, cool, cool posts. Like that's not a good engagement, right? Actually taking the time to engage in someone and multiple times. And what's funny is that also games the algorithm, right? Because mm-hmm. what we're telling Facebook is that these are people that we want to see more content from because we're engaging. This is good content, right? And so you're doing two different things, right? You're doing... Law of reciprocity, which is just a psychological thing. And then you're also gaming the algorithm. So it's huge because I've learned like when I post, but stop engaging with other people, the engagement on those posts starts to go down. It's like, oh, Facebook is Facebook is shadow banning me. Facebook is doing this. Like, no, you're putting out bad content or you're not, you're not engaging with people. So like, why would people engage with you? Right. And I think so a lot funny. of times people get to a point. Yeah. Well, when people talk about the shadow banning stuff, it's it's so frustrating. So Chelsea Pites, uh, if anybody knows who Chelsea is, Chelsea, uh, it was uh, head of, of social sales for all fidelity, national financial, not just the title side, uh, was national sales coach for, for social media. She's written several best-selling books on social and she has successfully vlogged in, in stories or Snapchat her life every day for probably going on eight years now. Uh, started at Snapchat and carried over to Instagram. In my opinion, she's probably the foremost authority on Instagram, especially in the real estate and mortgage space. Very good friend of mine. Um, she talks about two things. One, don't post in ghost, right? Um, you need to, to prime the pump, prime the algorithm, which is just what we talked about. Go engage, go comment, go like, go follow, go participate in social media, You know, maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes, however long then post and continue to engage. And then what happens is whenever you're out, the algorithm shows your, your post to people and you get a comment or two, if you immediately re-engage back, you're now starting a conversation. The people need to understand the why of social media. Like, well, why does that even work? It's not this, this you know, algorithm thing out there that I don't understand. No, it's very simple. Social media is for us to be social, but this is a business for them. And if you stay on the platform or you keep people on the platform, they get to show more ads and they make more money. So if you're a good steward of that platform and you're engaging with people and causing them to come back to the platform or you're posting and commenting and people stay longer, they're going to reward you for that because they're being rewarded. 
And, you know, the other, the, the thing that Chelsea really taught was the 10, 10, 10 strategy is you want to find uh, there's, there's two feeds, right? There's, there's the story feed that's horizontal. And then you have your vertical feed, right? Mm -hmm. She said, find 10 across the top and 10 down the feed where you're going through stories and you're commenting on their stories, which goes to your DMS, right? You're creating chat and then go down your feed and make 10 meaningful comments on post to your point, not good job with clappy hands, or that's cool with a thumbs up, right? Right, Hey, uh, that's a really cool property. I love the way that the balcony overlooks the lake or whatever. Right. And if you'll do that, you'll, you'll create all kinds of conversations and engagement on your own content, not just because the algorithm, because you used it, not just as your advertising platform where you do the, the drive by post or the post and goes, you'll get a lot of engagement and and someone could literally sit all day on Facebook. If they did that, I say all day, relatively, you'll create all the conversations you need, but you have to take those relationships offline or it's never going to go anywhere. Right, right, right. You have to, you have to have the conversation at some point. Right. Um, But, but to your, to your point too, I think too often people think that like getting business on social media means always talking about business. right? Right. And so it's like, that's the other thing. And that's the other like lie that, that, that you, you think it's like, really, you should only be posting business stuff maybe 10 to 30% of the time. The rest of the time yeah. you post family stuff, you post uh, thought leader stuff, you post memes, you post funny things. As long as you're not only posting memes, you're only posting this, you're only posting right. that. You want diversity in what you're posting because the truth is like people are attracted to working with people that are like them. Yeah. Right? And so if you, if you show people who you are, one, you're going to build up trust naturally because people are like, oh, I know this person. So then person, people reaches out to you. That person is going to be ready to move forward like immediately because they're like, hey, I've already seen all your posts. I, just, I know you have a family. I know this. I know you, this is your values. Sure. This is what you think about. It's, it's just, it's like sells for you. But yeah. again, you have well, to it's, 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 it's called pillar content, right? This, this is how we, the way we coach it, pillar content. Uh, you'll have three to five pillars uh, that you're going to post about. Okay, what are your pillars? For me in particular, I use this example. Uh, I play guitars. So anything guitar or music related, live music related is a pillar. Uh, my family is a pillar. My wife and I are blended. We have you know kids all over the place. Uh, podcasting for me is a pillar, not just business related, but podcasting in general. Um, the mortgage industry and business is, of course, a pillar that I talk about as well. And whenever people don't know what to post, okay, all you have to do is share your life. You know, Gary Vee says it best document, don't create, right? Ironically, one of the loan officers that works for me, Jewel Marsh, uh, was doing the one-on-one in Gary's office where that piece of content document don't create where that Pete was created. One of my loan officers was actually sitting in, in no Gary Vee's office. He, he it was a the cool story there, but I digress. All you have to do is share who you are, right? People do not care what you do. They care who you are. Same way with strategy. You could just go into a bunch of you know, dads of daughters or uh, moms of whatever town or, you know, basement go in there and, and participate in those communities in a meaningful way. People will go find out on your profile, what you do. You don't have to post about it all the time. And if you'll think about those content pillars and post content on there, it's very simple. Just share your life. If you want to get into higher level content games, there's conversations around that. Create a podcast. It doesn't have to be about industry, right? You can talk about uh, you know developments that are coming in. You can talk about softball. It doesn't really matter, but have content. And what happens is if you have uh, YouTube videos or if you have blogs or if you have a podcast, right? Video, audio, written. 
you can take that long form content and repurpose it and break it down into smaller content. So only reason I have a lot of stuff to post is I take a 30 or 40 minute conversation. I repurpose it into reels, YouTube clips, Instagram posts, quote pics, like there's ways to do this guys. And again, I want to make sure and, and say in here, you need to know what your purpose is, right? The marketing formula is who is your audience? What value are you trying to create for that audience? And then what is the best medium to deliver that value to that audience, which is just who are the people? What do you want to talk about? What's the best way to talk about it? Podcasting may not be the right thing. Blogs may not be the right thing. Video may not be the right thing. I think you need to do video because people engage with it the most. But right. if you're just trying to post to post or or create content for content's sake without a plan, you are going to get frustrated and you are going to say that social media doesn't work. So know what you're trying to accomplish, come up with a plan and then be consistent and persistent over time. Yeah, well, and, and, I, and I want to touch on one piece that you said as well is like, just being intentional, right? Like I, I think the problem is so many people like do things casually and it's like, unfortunately, Facebook is a social platform and their whole goal is to keep you on it as long as possible. So trust me, like you'll call your say you're working and you'll end up scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. So you have to be super intentional, one, about what you post, Love about that, the time yeah. you spend on the platform, things like that. Um, the other thing that you talked about as well is like, yeah, engage with people and they come back to your profile. Let's talk talk about that for a second because on the flip side of talking about business too much, there's people that don't want to talk about business. They feel weird right. talking about business ever. So you look mm-hmm. at their profile and you're like, what do you even do? Like, it doesn't say you're a loan officer. So how do you expect anybody to find you? And right. then you look them up online. There's there's nowhere online. I'm like, who are you? You're a ghost. You're a salesperson. That's a ghost. How does that work? How, how do you do business yeah. like that? I don't. I, so so talk a little bit about that. What does that look like on, on the profile? Yeah. I think you need to have a presence online. And, you know, years ago, we, we would call it your online business card or your online resume, right? Anymore, mm-hmm. we, we don't, it, that's a little bit uh, rudimentary, but you sure. need to on all of your, if, if you need to have profiles on uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, YouTube, like you need to have presences there because that's where people are going to entertain themselves and, and look up content. You need to make sure that you have a profile picture that's conducive of the brand that you want to represent, even if it's personal, right? It doesn't have to be a business headshot. I kind of recommend that it's not. Have one right. with your family, have one with your traveling. But you know, you doing a keg stand at, at the neighborhood block party, that's probably not the right, you know, image that you're wanting to portray. But probably you need not. to have very visible who you are and what you do. I'm a big fan of, you know, the little vertical line on your keyboard listing off the things that you are right? You're a mortgage banker, you're a podcaster, you're uh, a, a travel lover, you know, um, I see people, you know, Christ follower, you have, um, you know, things that are, I'm trying to think of things that are on mind, right? And father, yeah. husband, whatever, yep, yep. put those on there, let people know who you are, right? Not just what you do, but make sure in there, if it's Instagram, make sure it links out to either a link tree that you has your business links or your, your web page or whatnot. It's okay to talk about business, um, and, and I want to make sure that we emphasize be you as a person, but you as a person is also, you know, absolutely a, a business, um, yes. got sidetracked there. There was a, was a point that I was, I was going to want to, want to get to on something completely different, but it'll come back to me here in a second. Yeah, no worries, man. I, I, that's huge. And just to kind of, uh, not compress it, but just to, to pull back a little bit from that conversation, I think it's, you gotta be careful with getting too crazy with going on other platforms, just, just to kind of 
like, I think one of the, the, the biggest things is like, I went to the aim fuse conference a couple years back. Gary V was there. Right. And so one of the things he was talking about, so you can create 50 pieces of content today. And it's like, so guess what? What, what does a loan officer do when they hear that? Like, how am I going to do that? What's that going to look like? What do I, do? so guess what they do? They do nothing. So like, my opinion is if you're going to do something, find one or two platforms, focus all your efforts on those platforms. And then from there, you can start to grow and, and do everything. I think over time you can do that, but just to like, like yeah. you, you're not going to so, be good at posting on Facebook and good on the, I get what you're 100%. saying. So I just wanted to clarify this because just, just so that a, a loan officer doesn't come a new loan officer, especially comes like, man, I need to set up all these profiles. That's going to bring me business. It's like, no, right. you need to actively use the platform. And that's why we're, we're talking about Facebook. If you're using Facebook as a platform to engage with people and things like that, you need to, you need to show who you are. Cause someone's going to, you're going to comment on someone's thing. They're going to click on your profile. And they're going to be like, oh, who is this person, right? And so if you're using that platform, make sure it's built out. Yes, you want to have your Google so, reviews so and, I'm, I'm a, and all that stuff. Absolutely. And I'm, but I'm a big fan of have your, I say profile, have a, a handle, have a profile on all I of love the platforms. That. Example, like Twitter. I don't actively engage a lot in Twitter, but if you go to Twitter, you're going to see who I am in a link. So even if I'm not posting or engaging, if someone goes and happens to look for me on Twitter, I'm very easily going to link them to other content. They, they can always okay. find me, right? So but to that. your point, you need to go deep and not wide, right? You need to go, uh, uh, what do they call it? Inch inch deep and a mile, or yeah, inch deep right. and a mile wide. That's not good. You need to go deep in Facebook and, and look at demographics, right? If you're a millennial, Instagram is your jam. If right. you're, you know, millennial, more Gen X or side, that may be Facebook. Um, if, if you're talking about, you know, uh, uh, Gen Z, uh, we're, we're talking TikTok, right? You, you got to, what, what is, what is relevant to your audience? And that was a conversation I had when I, when I did my podcast episode with Gary V is it's not just about attention. It's about relevance, right? People only care about you if you have something in common with them. It's human nature. We're, we're attracted to people that are like us inherently. And it's why when you meet someone new that you always talk about the weather, it's the one thing you for sure have in common with that person right. at that time, right? And what I was going to say earlier that I think is important about this profile issue is five years ago, if if I said, hey guys, you need to use Luke. Luke is a rock star mortgage professional. Call Luke. He'll, he'll take care of your, your, your mortgage. People would just call Luke and do that, right? They, they wouldn't question right. it. Now, if right. I say, hey, you need to call Luke. Luke's a rock star. He's, he, he's going to take care of your loan. What do they do first? They go to social media and they look up Luke. And if all of a sudden you have like two reviews or you don't have a complete profile or whatever, they're like, wait a minute. I thought Phil said Luke no was content. Was Right. Or, they, right. Or, they, so, or, they, or they're just bad stuff on there. Yeah. Right. So now what happens is your content isn't even about lead creation. It's not about... Uh, you know, gaining leads. It's about solidifying and creating social proof around the referrals that you're creating. So these people are like, I don't need to do that. I have a huge database. I work my database where it comes from them all. Yeah. But people in those database are looking you up on social and not calling you because they're like, what the heck? In, in, right. in what year are we at? 2022? Who doesn't right. have complete profiles online in at least yep. one or two social platforms. I'm not yep. holding against them if they're not on Instagram, but you're not on Instagram or Facebook and you're you're just on LinkedIn. I might judge you a little bit because I can't see anything on LinkedIn unless you connect with me. I don't know that yeah. I, I necessarily want to do that. So bottom line, it's important. You need to be posting. 
Don't just post about business. You need to be engaging more so than you need to be posting. And you need to make sure that you have not just who you are, or it's not just what you do, but who you are, but that people can right. find out what you do so that as you're working your, your hand-to-hand combat, was it that it's a, a, a nose-to-nose, belly-to-belly, you know, whatever, that when they yeah, go yeah, look yeah. you up, they're like, yeah, uh, you know, Luke's everything Phil said he was. Yeah, I love that. And I, I like the, um, just to kind of go back to your point on the, um, on, on being on the platforms, I agree too, because the other thing, the other thing to, to consider is domain authority, right? Like, LinkedIn, Facebook, those all have super strong domain authorities. So like if you were to go create a website for yourself and brand it, whatever, and someone looks you up, it's going to take you probably six to 12 months of good SEO and things like that for you to show right. up. Whereas like someone Googles you, you're, you're probably going to see LinkedIn is probably one of the top top ones, right? Facebook, I'm not sure about Facebook, but I know for sure LinkedIn has real high uh, domain. Absolutely. So it does make sense to, to have some additional places there. So uh, just wanted to kind of clarify that real quick. <laughs> Absolutely. LinkedIn is one of my biggest platforms. I have, you know, as far as personal accounts, I have more connections and followers. It's, you know, 20, 22,000. It's more than any other platform that I have. Because again, in my previous roles, that was my audience. I was a business to business, you know, mortgage professionals, but consumer audiences, I think LinkedIn is overlooked and needs to be used for a lot of reasons you mentioned as well, um, which is why, hey, get a platform, dominate it, master it, and then add another one in. Dominate and master that and move on to the next one until you do have six profiles on autopilot where you're pumping content, but don't try to tackle them all at once. Focus on one right. and, and make it happen. Yeah, yeah. And that, and that was just the clarifying thing there because I've, I've seen people do that and they're in good intention. They think that that's what they got to do. But like, you got to think about it. Like Gary Vee has a team of, I don't know how many people like helping him with his content. He's got the guy that just Hundreds. follows him around. I can't remember what the guy's name is, but he's got the guy that just follows him around all day, every day to, mm-hmm. to document it. So like, you got to realize he's playing on a totally different scale uh, than the average loan officer is like, you don't have the time to do that. Right. So just again, just to c- kind of go back to that, um, sure. just kind of wrap things up here real quick. Tell me a little bit, what is, what would you say is like kind of one big tip or one thing that a loan officer can do today to go out and get more business? It's a great question. And, you know, my answer to that is going back to a little bit what we said, be relevant. If you're going out into the market, we just got two years of people, what I call racing to the bottom, right? Everybody wanted to offer the lowest 30 year fixed rate they can and close fast and whatever else. That's a race to the bottom. And that's the very definition of commoditizing yourself. Loan officers, no, sure. I'm an advisor. No, you're not. You're, you're, you're something completely different. Is you're going out and having conversations with both consumers and referral partners, you need to talk about things that are relevant to them. If you're talking to realtors, how do you help them create content? Right? Have, have you mastered uh, how to create and post reels or TikToks? Uh, Ken, I sat down with a referral partner realtor today and we did about a 20 minute type. It wasn't a podcast, but podcast type interview on video. I'm going to send that to my team and repurpose it and help them create content. Uh, how do you have loan products or things that can help them get their offers accepted, get the deals closed so that their their clients goes to the top of the stack of 10? When you're talking to consumers, how do you talk about personal finance? How do you talk about helping them uh, build real estate wealth? How do you show them what a mortgage transaction is, right? Guys, we have a lot of baggage as an industry and we forget that there was a a long time when you look at uh, customer ratings or customer, uh, you know, stereotypes or opinions of professions, we were way below the stereotypical car salesman, okay? So to do that, we need to be uh, fostering an advice and that means when you create content, show someone how to make a, a DIY fire pit, 
right? Show somebody uh, some cool shows on Netflix they want to watch or an easy engagement post is, hey, guys, I'm looking for a new book to read. You, you only the people you didn't even know were, were friends or, or followers of yours will start commenting on these types of yep. things. But yep. go have conversations that are relevant to them, both consumers and referral partners. Business will come. Stop being spammy. Go have conversations. Network with people. Make friends. Truly want to serve people and help them out. And all the business you ever wanted will come your way. Man, I love that. Serve people, man. I think that's one of the biggest things. I mean, you know, coming from me as a marketer, like I think so many times people call leads leads. Oh, it's a lead. It's a bad lead. It's like, the truth is they're people. They're people at the other end of the line, right? They're people yeah. that you can serve, that you can change their day. They're, you know, there's like one of the, the coolest things about the mortgage industry is the fact that you get to help someone make such a big purchase that is also a wealth multiplier, like you kind of mentioned, right? Like you 100%. get to, I think it's what, 40 x or something like that? 40 x more more wealth uh, when you own a home, something like that versus renters. And so it's, it's a, it's massive, right? Like it's the, it's the American dream. You get to accomplish such a crazy cool thing uh, for people. Um, But you know, I think my big takeaway from, from a lot of what you talked about is like, man, you just grinded it out and grinded it out and grinded it out. I mean, you said, you said it like at the very beginning, you went to the same freaking shops twice a day. Like, like I, I just was blown away. At first I thought you were, you went to other shops. Then I realized, no, you went to the same shops twice a day every single day for weeks and weeks and weeks and finally got deals. How many loan officers that are listening to this can say that they've done even close to that? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll give I'll give you one little little anecdotal story. And here's the irony of all those program flyers and all the conversations I had. The first lead I ever got, I was walking through. It was Charles Burt Realtors in Joplin, Missouri. It, the tornado took it. So it's not even there anymore. And a lady wow. walks up and, and she said, is that your Jeep Grand Cherokee out there? I'm thinking it's either smoking because it was an old beat up one or <laughs> I parked in someone's parking place, like whatever. She goes, it has the, the Razorback on the back of it because I went to University of Arkansas. I said, yeah. And she said, um, okay, um, who are you? What do you hear? I'm like, oh, I'm Phil, you know, with, with the company name. And she goes, oh, you're a lender. I was like, yeah. She goes, hey, can you do bridge loans? Well, I had no idea what a bridge loan was. I know my boss said, if someone says, can you do X, you say yes. I said, yes. She goes, great. I got a client for you. She gave me a lead because she saw my Jeep Grand Cherokee had a Razorback on the back of it. Her husband went to University of Arkansas as a Razorback fan and I'm a lender. She needed to talk to a lender at the moment. I happened to be there. So there's two tips in there. One, the people use you for way different reasons than you think they do. And number Mm -hmm. two, a lot of times they talk to the lender that they last talked to. And if you're not talking to any folks, you can't be that person. Man, mic drop. I mean, it's true. So many times people these days, uh, I like to call it hope marketing, right? They, they, they have such a cool service. They have such a cool thing. They do such a good job that they hope everybody's going to just come to them miraculously, yep. right? But it's like, dude, like, I get it. You, you have a great, you do a great job. You're a great loan officer. You're a great whatever business owner. But if no one knows what you do, it doesn't matter. Right. 100%. So get out there, talk to people. I mean, we were talking off off camera before this was just like, man, if you're a brand new loan officer, like, unfortunately, I, I wish there was a, an easier way for me to say, but like, you're going to have to just grind it out. Like it, it takes time. You're going to have to learn the industry. And in my opinion, as a marketer, don't buy leads for the first year or two, you know, wait yeah. till you're, you're ready till you know what you're doing. You just need to grind it out and put in the work because you're going to suck as a loan officer at first. And all you can do is get better. <laughs> Right. So yeah, thank you totally so agree. much for being here, man. I appreciate, yeah, man. appreciate you so much it. For being here. Where is, um, tell us a little bit about where they can find you online. If they want to check you out, check out your content, anything like that. 
Yeah. E- easy to find at Phil Treadwell on pretty much every social platform. Um, I have uh, two link trees, uh, link tree slash Phil Treadwell and link tree slash MME podcast. Uh, go check out the Mortgage Marketing Expert podcast. We, we have some cool guests and talk about some similar stuff and uh, always appreciate the time. And we'll have to have you on and, and uh, be a guest on ours as well. Awesome, man. Would love that. Would love that. So thank you so much for being here, man. And to yeah. everybody that's listening here again, just realize, especially if you're just getting started, part of it is just grinding it out, figuring it out. Uh, but I think, again, I guess the second takeaway for me is consistency, right? I mean, we talked about that consistency. Every every single one of these things that we talked about, all these different strategies all kind of revolved around this, this element of consistency. Like you're not going to see the results. Like you're not going to become a millionaire by putting in you know, $100,000 effort, right? It's going to take time. It's going to take effort, right? So thank you so much for being here, man. Yeah, man. Have a great day, guys. Thank you for tuning into the Loans On Demand podcast on loansondemandpodcast.com. The Loans On Demand podcast.